0: Welcome to the Borrando el Estigma, or in English, the Erase the Stigma podcast, where we have real and sometimes Spanglish conversations about various topics and factors impacting the mental health of Black, Indigenous people of color, BIPOC. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Gray, a licensed psychologist in Las Vegas, Nevada. For more information, visit the website at borrandolestigma.com or at erasethestigma.shop. I hope that you not only enjoyed this conversation, but also learned lots of valuable information from the podcast that will contribute to erasing the mental health stigma in your home and in your community. However, please know that this is not a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hola, and thank you for tuning in for Episode 3 of the Erase the Stigma, Borrando el Estigma podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sandra Gray, a licensed psychologist in Las Vegas, Nevada. This week's episode is called My Racial Trauma Was Triggered. In this episode, I discuss how the January 6th event at the Capitol triggered my own and likely many other BIPOC's racial trauma. I process my own reactions, and discuss how our emotional reactions relate to racial trauma and negative core beliefs that have been internalized and reinforced through multiple experiences of racism and discrimination, and how anger is a secondary emotion that masks underlying emotions. Since we are discussing a sensitive subject, please note that this episode may be triggering for some. Let's get into it. Hi, thank you for joining me on the Borrando el Stigma or Erase the Stigma podcast. I'm Dr. Sandra Gray, and I am your host. And today I am coming on all by myself to just talk to you briefly about racial trauma and anger, given the recent events that we saw at the U.S. Capitol. And I really wanted to come on here because it significantly impacted me emotionally during this week as I think it did for many of us um, in a lot of different ways. And I really needed to kind of take a step back and process some of the things that I had been experiencing, some of the emotions that were coming up for me. And I think my initial reaction to the events was just shock, um, disbelief. And at the same time, not shocked or in disbelief, because for uh, for a lot of reasons, right? Shock and disbelief because how can the U.S. Capitol be penetrated that easily? And on the other hand, not shocked at all or in disbelief of the fact that these folks who had initially been protesting um, and it became quickly became a domestic terrorist situation. Um, we're not black or brown. And so that also kind of came up a lot, brought up a lot of frustration for me because it was very clear the way that black and brown folks are treated in these systems um, and how folks with privilege are not treated in certain ways, right? And so that triggered a lot of anger for me, a lot of frustration. And if you've heard, you know, some of the past episodes, the idea of core beliefs has come up. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit more here, because whenever something triggers us, whenever something causes us to feel a certain way, and then consequently react to that situation or that event, you know, it's kind of poking at a core belief that we've developed about ourselves. And I think for a lot of black and brown folks, the frustration was not that you're not shooting these protesters or you're not, you know, shooting rubber bullets at them, you're not spraying them with tear gas or you're not having the National Army Guard, you know, lined up at the Capitol steps waiting for the protesters. It was more so, why then do you shoot us? Why then take all these extra precautions for Black and Brown folks or allies who are protesting Black Lives Matter, for example? You know, we've seen this throughout history. Um, I think a lot of the images triggered a lot of that anger reaction in myself and probably a lot of other people where we saw, you know, some of the Capitol Police taking you know, pictures with the protesters or the domestic terrorists at this point, you know, we saw them kind of ushering them in and opening up the barricades so that they can get through. And, you know, a lot of us thought, you know, if this had been black and brown people, we would have been shot. <laughs> there would have been a mass of, of people, right? That had been injured or hurt during, during this event. Um, But more so as I processed this event, as I processed my own emotions with this event, I really got down to the core belief of we're not as valuable, right? When I think about the fact that had that been Black and brown folks climbing walls, breaking windows, vandalizing the capital, the offices, you know, being a threat, having bombs, Uh, when I think about that and how the outcome would have been different for folks who would have showed up, you know, I think that piece sends the message that, and I, again, I'm only speaking for myself, it sends the message that maybe our lives aren't as valuable because you wouldn't think twice to shoot someone, to shoot them seven times in the back with their children in the backseat of the car, right? You, it's just kind of this message that we've heard that we've continuously been informed about, right? Whether it's watching the news or watching the events that happen. And we've been knowing all of this. We've known this all along as Black and Brown folks, but when you see it, you know, playing out and it's very saddening, the fact that folks have privilege is also the privilege to ignore those facts and to ignore the daily lived experiences of Black and Brown folks. It's a privilege not to have to think about, you know, that you're Black or Brown in certain situations. And when you don't have to think about it, that's privilege. And again, I want to just reiterate that although we've been knowing this, you know, how people are criminalized, how their behavior is criminalized when they're black black or brown is so much more severe and in a negative, you know, light than, you know, we had such a hard time calling these folks domestic terrorists and, you know, still ignoring the fact that there was multiple bombs. And and yes, I'm glad that, you know, we are, we have a lot of advocacy, a lot more advocacy, you know, for Black and brown folks at, you know, the congressional level or in, you know, in the government in general and in other aspects of our life. But anger is just such an easy thing to wear sometimes. And we oftentimes don't even know where it comes from. One of the things that I teach, whether it's, you know, my kid, my children, patients or older folks uh, are talking about, you know, processing emotions and really getting at the core of where things come from. You think about anger as a mask that had, that society says is OK and it's far better than you know, other emotions. And so we take this mask and we kind of wear it, you know, whenever something is underneath. And that's the thing about anger is that anger is a secondary emotion and we put it on as a mask to cover up what's underneath, right? And underneath can be, you know, embarrassment. Um, it can be a la- feeling disrespected or, offended, whatever the case is, it's so much easier to react with anger and so much socially acceptable to react with anger that we oftentimes just kind of don't even dive into process where these emotions are coming from. And for me personally, I don't know what it is for anyone else, right? Because I can only speak on my own personal experiences. But for me personally, was that core message, you know, that I've received, you know, coming up, experiencing different types or levels of racism and being made to feel less than, being made to feel less valuable than. And when I think think about that, you know, when I was able to process my anger, where it came from, it really boils down to that. You know, my anger is this mask that I put on to cover the fact that, again, right, I was made to feel less than. And these are those, those you know, core beliefs that we talk about that we develop from the time that we're kids to the time that we're adults. And we continuously get these messages, right, about being less than as they relate to skin color or ethnicity and or language. And every time an event happens that reinforces that core belief, right, every time we experience racism, every time we get racially profiled, every time that someone it reinforced that core belief. And when we experiencing, when we experience other things later on in life that also reinforce that belief, we become triggered. And when we become triggered, we react. And that go-to tends to be anger, right? And I know that at least i've i've heard and i agree that this is not necessarily our issue to deal with as black and brown folks it's not nonetheless it negatively impacts our well-being right as a collective we experience grief we experience um the trig- the re-triggering of our racial trauma we experience anger we and and as a collective right we should and need to be able to step back and process where those emotions are coming from. It was really hard for me to do this episode. And one of the things I'm learning about living authentically is that the most difficult things to say, whether it's on a post on Instagram or to say here on the podcast, the most difficult things to say are oftentimes, and I say difficult because of fear, right? We we have this internal fear of like, okay, I want to say this, but if I say this, what are the consequences? And I have found that when I have the most fear about saying something, or when I am less comfortable posting something, oftentimes those are the things that really resonate with folks. Those are the things that people need to hear. These are the things that people are also feeling but may not have, you know, a voice to say it or communicate it or whatever the case is. And so I needed to take some time to process my own emotions to realize that it was my racial trauma being triggered. And the reason I am so angry or I was so angry when this was all transpiring is because we as a collective know that our outcome would have been way different. We are reminded again that we live in a system that was not created for us, nor was it created by us. And it wasn't created to benefit us. Right. And while I, I know I feel that there is a shift coming, right? We see a lot more representation in so many areas in Congress and at the state level. We see the shift coming and we have more advocacy. And I think that we're starting to see it's starting to become obvious to you know at, to us as a whole and not necessarily It's not necessarily just us seeing this. Folks have to acknowledge what we're experiencing. And I took some time to really do some self care this week. And I encourage you to also practice some self care. And that can look however it needs to look for you. It can, you know, it can just be Netflix and chilling all day. It can be, going for a walk, getting some sun, sipping some tea quietly, meditating, doing yoga, working out, whatever self-care looks like for you, I absolutely encourage you to do that. I read a quote from Dr. Rosales Mesa, and one of the things that she said was, "Your, your wellness is not betrayal to the movement. Your wellness is a requirement for the movement. And that really resonated with me because I think in times of anger or frustration and really powerlessness, right? Those feelings of powerlessness really leave us drained and unsure of what to do next, how to feel. But I think it's in those times that self-care becomes essential. It becomes imperative if we are going to continue in that shift, you know that we are seeing in terms of the collective, in terms of in terms of black and brown folks, um, you know, gaining more equality and equity and in this country, particularly. And I just think that this is the time to practice your self-care. This is the time to sit with your emotions and understand where they come from to understand why do i feel angry why do why am i frustrated why am i upset about everything that's going on or why do i even feel drained because honestly uh, as an empath i was drained for the whole week i my plan was to drop an episode weekly and i didn't do that last week and that's okay because my wellness should be the priority. My self-care is important if I'm going to continue to be able to hop on and, you know, drop gems and give insights and really understand, you know, what is needed in terms of the collective. And so I just encourage you all to take some time, sit quietly and sit with your emotions and observe them. Be curious about why you feel what you feel. And that can look like, I am really anxious right now. That's interesting. Sit with that. Notice the anxiety. Acknowledge the anxiety instead of trying to suppress it and put it somewhere else. And I am, you know, encouraging you to kind of process where that comes from to identify the core beliefs that, you know, that these experiences or any other experience is triggering, right? Uh, Because whenever our core beliefs are poked, we react. And that's exactly what happened for me. So I am sending you all a lot of love and light. And I'm hoping that you will take some time to self-care as needed. I needed days to process this. Uh, To be able to talk about it, to be able to understand that because my racial trauma was triggered, I experienced a cascade of emotions that ranged from shock, disbelief, lack of shock and disbelief, to anger, to sadness, to understanding that one day, I felt that I was less valuable, that one day I learned that society didn't see my life as as valuable because of the privilege I lacked. One day, hopefully things will be different. And I am just grateful that I am able to communicate this with you all. And again, I just wish you guys a lot of self-care. send you a lot of light and good vibes. I hope you enjoyed that conversation and that some of the things I discussed resonated with your spirit. When things hit different, I say deep sigh on that, reminding myself to connect with the breath and that it's safe to feel my feelings, whatever they are, good or bad, and to stay present with them. I've been sighing a whole lot this week. So if anything resonated with you or if you had any takeaways or insights, please let us know by using the hashtag #DeepSighOnThat. on that. Be sure to look out for our upcoming episodes on living authentically, integrated health psychological testing, and several other mental health or BIPOC related topics. Be sure to go to the show notes for links to our website and check out the Erase the Stigma merch. We donate 25% of profits to fund mental health services for BIPOC. In the notes, you'll also find information about yours truly, Dr. Sandra Gray. And don't forget to share this episode and join us for the next one. If you haven't already, subscribe, give us a rating and your honest reviews and feedback are much, much appreciated. Thank you.